Hello everyone, I'm George Kelly, Senior Talent Acquisition Consultant at Life Science People. I'm so excited to be launching our brand new Life Science Podcast. We will be diving headfirst into recruitment and the life science industry, tackling key issues across recruitment and discussing prominent topics with the movers and shakers of the industry, having honest conversations with our guests and exploring the success stories across Life Science People. So, look, this week I'm excited to be joined by Max Eldridge, our Commercial Operations Director here at Life Science People. Max has worked in recruitment for eight years, built his career with S3 before stepping in as one of the founding uh, members here at LSP with experience in both agency and RPO and a particular passion for health technology and biotech markets. Max, how are you feeling? Excited? Yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah. No, we're good. Yeah. Good. 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 Well, I like, to, I like to talk about what I've done. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's always really interesting. I I hear you a lot through throughout the office speaking about the markets, and you, you do come across with huge passion. That loud voice. With that loud voice, Booming exactly. Voice. So I think maybe a nice place to start off with is just give the listeners a bit of an overview of your background, yeah. how you came into recruitment, and yeah, what yeah, what's Max all about. I think for me, like everybody in recruitment, I fell into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think I was going to be a recruiter when I was younger. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea people even got paid to put people in jobs. Yeah. You know, so um, when I first started, actually, after I left sixth form, so I didn't go to university, um, I went into personal training. Mm-hmm. So I love going to the gym, still do. Nice. Um, you need to with recruitment. Um, but yes, yeah, so I started to be a personal trainer, and then literally probably about six six, seven months into my uh, first personal training job up in London, um, I met uh, yeah, a recruiter from S3. Um, and yeah, she uh, got me got me into the big corporate company that they are for uh, yeah, about four and a half, five years. And um, worked kind of way up there, started building a team out. Met Dan as well, obviously part of LSP. Um, and then Dan and myself, we moved off to a, a different company in the RPO space, which is um, recruitment process outsourcing. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different, learned a lot there and kind of looking at more internal recruitment, mm-hmm. which is a whole other different ball game to agency style recruitment. And mm-hmm. um, worked with a diff- number of different industries. Um, and yeah, after that, we you know, came on board at LSP back in, it was it kind of like July 2020 before mm-hmm. we launched in September. Nice. That's, that's, that's the last few years. Nice, awesome. So, so coming from a personal training background, obviously you had your uh, your event just the weekend gone. How did that go? Yeah, so um, awesome. You know, a very very tiring day. Yeah. So obviously, I myself and one of our guys, Josh, yeah. went down uh, where I live in Bournemouth. They have a beach gym, which is uh, really really cool for the awesome. summer. It's like um, muscle gym in in, uh, much. in LA. Yeah, 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 muscle beach. Muscle so beach, um, so yeah, it was just like a whole day of just smashing exercise out. Yeah. And obviously, we had our branded. Yeah, branded awesome. logos, awesome. branded um, t-shirts. It was the best, that's it. Yeah, that's really cool. No, good. Well, look, um, that's that's really interesting, actually, and and I think I I see that route quite a lot in in recruitment. People coming from that sort of um, competitive sporting background, especially, mm. it often lends itself quite well to what you know what might make up a good recruiter. Um, do you think that that has benefited you in your career so far? Yeah, I think there's certain aspects of the, the sporting world mm-hmm. that you can bring in, but I think as well that kind of just comes from a personality. Yeah. You know, if, if you're into sport, a lot of the time you are fairly competitive in some shape or form because yeah. you know you're, you are competing. You know, some obviously people do sport for the pure enjoyment of it, but there's always an element of competitive. You know, you've got to push yourself to train. Yeah. You want to get better at what you do. So I just think it's less of the actual kind of 
doing the sport is what makes you as a person going into that yeah pushing ourselves to do that yeah. you know i used to um when i was younger like swim competitively and there was nothing better than the thrill of kind of jumping in yeah. diving in racing yeah you know and just trying to look to the side to see how far ahead you were yeah, the person yeah, in the next yeah. lane yeah and obviously recruitment it's a little bit more of a, a slower pace competition mm. you know um as it's not just an absolute sprint, yeah. but at the same time, it is a competitive sales environment. Yeah. So if you can channel the energy, you know, I do find recruiters that have sporting kind of backgrounds do a lot of the time tend to do quite well. Yeah. Um, you know, they can, can compete with others, compete with themselves. They've got goals. Not to say everyone has to do that, but yeah. I do find it is one one good avenue to get people from. Nice. So so talk talk us through then a little bit more about what you're doing here at LSP. You know, when when you so when when you when you were part of the, the sort of setup with Dan and Nav, you know, what, what, what was the sort of initial discussions around you know, what, what you'd be coming in to focus on, you know, how, how you would impact the growth of LSP? You know, talk us through you know, yeah. what, the, what the sort of initial discussions were. Yeah. I, remember, I remember my first call that. with DSP, I don't think any of us were too sure, like, why I was coming aboard. What's Max bringing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially at the beginning, I think because we we're a startup but growing so quickly, there was this kind of opportunity to have someone kind of floating across both our permanent and contract teams, yeah. just helping with that kind of just getting everything together at the beginning. Yeah. You know, and, and that's true. Like my, my job in the probably the first year. So you were the glue to basically. Just, well, I'd like to, <laughs> you'd like I'd to, to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, everyone did a good job. Yeah. But no, it was it was it was really cool because for me, I got stuck in so many different things. That was from. You know, just, you know, implementing our CRM system, which I'd never done before, yeah. um, which is still you know going well. So we've done a good yeah. job about it. Um, through to kind of getting a lot of clients together. You know, bear in mind that we had you know 20, 25 experienced recruiters, yeah. all come together at once from different agencies. Yeah. That's a really unique thing to have in the market mm-hmm. because typically in a larger agency, you'll have you know one or two experienced guys join every couple, you know few months, yeah, yeah. and they yes they bring a network with them. Mm-hmm. To have 25 come together all at once, yeah. that's a huge network to bring together. So part of my job as well was kind of just getting that together. Like, who do you know? Who do you yeah. know? Who can we do business with? Mm-hmm. And so obviously, because we wanted to scale fast, it was about kind of getting our clients back on board, those yeah. that we'd dropped off you know, over time in the past. Um, so getting that together. And it was just, yeah, it was just bits of everything, really. Yeah. Just getting stuck on the T's and C's, helping people develop accounts, nice. you know, um, helping people with, you know, pitches. Just, I, I love the kind of the business development aspect. Yeah. So just kind of getting stuck in with it all. Yeah, nice. Um, real yeah. blend, real blend of things. It what, was a real blend. Was, was there anything? Blend. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that sort of stuck out that, you know, you, maybe you hadn't had much experience in your previous uh, stints across S three and, and your RPO days? You know, was yeah. there anything that was really new to you that was challenging to begin with? I think the the, the main challenge was we was it was completely from scratch yeah. for everybody. You know, we were getting stuck. I mean, when we first came to the office, we had no tables and chairs there. Yeah. And although I wasn't involved in ordering in the tables and chairs, yeah. it was literally like that granular. So there was, I can't really recall now, but there was so many small little things you just have to like do a Google search, like how do I do this? Yeah, well, everything's on YouTube now, isn't it? Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it, it was the fact that, say it like an S3, mm. they're a massive company, been around for like 20, 25 odd years, They've got IT. They've got IT support. Yeah. You know, they've got all these different HR functions. Yeah. All these different functions that we had to work out for ourselves, which is really cool. But even yeah, for IT issues, we were just like, all right, how do we fix this? Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting because the, the infrastructure perhaps wasn't sort of in place, and you were part of, of, of building that up. 
Um, but look how much it's grown in, in the space of well less than two years, pretty yeah. much. Uh, yeah, 20, 20, 20, 22 months now, 75 people. Yeah, you know, say it's awesome. I've got to. Yeah, you know, and I think we've putting in place a team that can really. I can see how the team now can really kind of keep yeah. scaling, keep supporting our clients. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that was one of the main re- you know selling points for me coming on board to LSP. Um, but you were just talking about then sort of from the beginning bringing your bringing your old sort of connections relationships back on board you know bringing them through to, to LSP you know, what, what was the you know what was the main selling point that you um, you know that, that, that allowed you to, to scale at such pace at the, in, within the early days I think because we had the back end from DSP yeah. you know with the knowledge of that as well and we were able to highlight 25 experienced recruiters right from the start that obviously is a massive yeah, and also like uh, a really great thing to have. Not a lot, not a lot of startups in the recruitment world would ever be able to have that kind of structure. Yeah, so that immediately was a big like head start. But at the same time, because we had size behind us, but we were still a startup, yeah. we were able to be very kind of bespoke and flexible with how we work with clients. And that's the biggest thing that I think uh, a lot of us. I remember chatting to the first time I met Nav. We had this discussion. Me and Dan had talked about this in the past as well. Frustration of not being able to be flexible flexible around kind of our startup companies yep. we work with and just operate how they need us to operate and the whole premise of kind of LSP was to create a, a life science specific recruiter yeah. that can really partner with a, a biotech for example yeah. right from their seed stage right the way through as they grow and that is from being able to kind of you know, cover all the different markets that they might need to grow out so we're not just a clinical recruiter we're not just we don't just do medical we don't do commercial you know, we, we can do it all, but yeah. not in a cowboy fashion. We've actually got recruiters that know how to do each of the areas. Yeah. And the way we've, you know, set up like our embedded recruitment function, yeah. you know, that is because we're a startup, we've been able to, you know, build these new recruitment models that haven't been done yet in the market. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's, it's interesting. Obviously, you've you've taken your your time, um, sort of that, that, that sort of in-between stage when you were operating that RPO model and you've kind of blended that into yeah. what is our own. Um, so, so talk us through the, the kind of trends right now that you're seeing in the market. You mentioned there sort of biotechs and all the way from the sort of C stages and working venture capitals and things like this. So yeah. you know, what, what, are the, what are the main trends that you're seeing? Because there's obviously a big crossover with technology now as well. Mm. Yeah, so there's been, I think over the last probably six years, there's been a huge amount of developments. Yeah. So going back, I guess like maybe like to 2016, 2017, yeah. I started to see the emergence of uh, what people call health technology or digital healthcare. You know, so you've got pharma, biotech, medtech, they've been around for years. You know, they're quite classic from a, a recruitment standpoint of the type of people they want. You know, pharma, they'll want someone with pharma experience typically. With digital health, it was this brand new kind of market that popped up um, from just the advancement of technology and the adoption of it within the NHS with other private, you know, health, uh, um, private health markets. Um, but what that created was suddenly a talent need for roles that never actually needed to be hired before. Right. So take, I don't know, like Babylon Health, for example. Yeah. Suddenly there was this role where a clinician, so a GP, could leave the NHS, go private, and become like a product manager, yeah. a clinical product manager. So in their role, they'd be managing a product, but obviously having the patient in mind, having their GP background. Yeah, yeah. That's a brand new position yeah, you know, that was created. Um, you know, you've got these tech companies that were growing really fast mean developers and typically there wasn't a bunch of C++ or React developers in the market in healthcare already because it wasn't a market that was there so again for an agency we're being contacted by founders and speaking to founders being like I need to build a dev team where do I find these guys suddenly like oh let's get them from finance or insure tech or some other kind of tech 
industry where these guys like I've never thought before getting in the healthcare sector. Mm. So for the, a number of years, there was a, a huge amount of conversation for me around like, right, you need this skill set that doesn't quite exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> Take this part out, you will find someone. Nice. Typically, it would be I need someone with I don't know experience working with medical data. Yeah. You know, I need a developer that's got medical data experience. Yeah. It just wouldn't be there. You yeah, know, yeah, if they yeah. hadn't had the opportunity, I'm like, teach the person, then you'll have an absolute golden candidate, yeah. you know, and the flip side to the candidate, that'd be our sell. You're getting into a space that's really developing, got a huge amount of money being pumped in, and, um, you know, you, you have a really kind of yeah. hot CV if you can learn this new area of the market, yeah. and you're making an impact on the healthcare market. Do, do you think, do you think that over the past two years, COVID has had a, a play to part in, in all of this? Yeah, you definitely. Know, it's obviously been highlighted in, in, across the media and, you know, across the world, but what, you know, do you think that that has, um, you know, that has had a part to play in, in, in the demand that we're seeing right now? Yeah, the, the main struggle I remember before COVID for um, a lot of kind of fledgling digital health startups yeah. was the commercial element. So they had the product, they had the, you know, they, they built it out from a technical standpoint and worked, but actually selling it, say the NHS for example, there sometimes would be a bit of an aversion for clinicians to suddenly use some form of digital platform where for the past, well, ever before, they weren't using that. Yeah. So it's there, you know, the clinicians kind of reliance on, right, I'm gonna go from, you know, doing this by my knowledge and by my eye and I'm looking at a patient. Instead, I'm gonna use some form of support tool that is gonna give me a readout that I might not always agree with or just even use. So it's kind of that adoption. What COVID did was it almost forced that adoption. Yeah. You know, you, I remember news articles about um, how fast suddenly loads of NHS trusts were able to implement um, video platforms for virtual GP consultations. Yeah. That fueled telehealth to really progress, you know, and, and the uptake for it was so much more. The NHS, from a budget perspective, was able to put more to it. There's still obviously still a struggle, and it's yeah. still hard in certain, um, like mental health, for example, there's still very small amounts of budget yeah. in the NHS for using outside providers, but it definitely did help it. So in a way, it obviously it's still blind from yeah, COVID. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not just the NHS, but markets overseas, private health insurers, you know, like you've got massive companies like AXA building their own internet hospitals for their policyholders. Mm. Just overall, the kind of use of technology in healthcare was was really, really kind of pumped up a yeah. lot. So, do, do you know? Do you know the stats? You know, obviously, I imagine that you keep up with the trends and things. But do do you know roughly how much is being invested into the the, the, the market right now into the industry? I mean, thereabouts. I was I was reading an article the other day, and I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but essentially. And um, this was going back, kind of looking at Q1. Yeah. And it was the the stat was for the last I think seven quarters. Yeah. There has been um, an in, uh, quarter on quarter increase, yeah. sizable increase in investments. Yeah. In the health tech space, like the, no. the trend is just going just up. Going up and there has never been before now the amount of uh, in the last couple of years the amount of unicorn health tech companies yeah. as well. Yeah, I've seen. You know, there, there was only a couple for quite a few years, mm-hmm. and now there's. It's popular all the time, all the time. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So individual stats, I can't think of the top of my head, but the overall trend is still on the up. Yeah. Obviously, with the markets at the moment, there is there has been some change. Yeah. With what's happening, but just the amount of innovation popping up, you know, the amount of products and really cool focus areas that founders are coming up with, yeah. solving different solutions, and um, it is still there all the yeah, time you know, awesome. and companies come through accelerators yeah. and all that kind of stuff it is it is really interesting and, and obviously I'm, I'm you know when I when I when I do a bit of reading myself I see that there's you know the links with artificial intelligence and, 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 and 
te other technologies. It's just a really fascinating space to be in right now. Um, but linking that this back to recruitment, then for somebody that is perhaps coming from a tech background, or you know that is currently recruiting into technology or finance or whatever market it may be, how how you know how how have you seen the transition with with our guys on the sales floor mm. uh, coming from those kind of backgrounds into this space? Uh, and how would somebody go about upskilling themselves within a new market? Yeah, so if you're a, say you're a tech recruiter, I think the hardest thing is actually understanding the actual technical aspects of recruitment. So you know you're already one step ahead there. Yeah. You know if you you know how to recruit Python engineers and React developers, yeah. you know and you know the languages and the frameworks, you're already kind of one step ahead there. The element of the fun the fun thing about digital healthcare is because it's so new, it, it isn't like fully yet defined in the market. Mm. So to actually kind of identify companies and work out what they actually do, and are they digital healthcare, what kind of person do they need, that's actually the challenging area. It's not as simple as literally just clicking like pharmaceuticals as the industry that you want to research. Yeah. You know, it's not a really clear cut mm. market just as of yet. Yeah. So that's why for from a recruitment standpoint, and when we're mapping out kind of companies to work with, it's so important to just keep in touch with the, the market, mm. follow the trends, and almost go down kind of rabbit holes, yeah. you know, of like, this is yeah, a cool company, fun. you yeah. can go after this type of company, and actually, like, there's another one over there, yeah, you know, yeah. look at their yeah. venture capital firms. Yeah, I remember you actually telling me a story before, I remember, you might be able to, you might remember, there was there was a, a particular relationship or a company that, that you were trying to explore into, or, or get into, and, um, you, you ended up connecting with one person that led to another, it led to another, and so on and so forth. Yeah. I can't quite remember exactly what it was. But happens a lot. Yeah, it happens a lot. And, but that's yeah. the most interesting part. And actually, on that note, um, it just remind, reminded me, how was the event over um, that, that we hosted not too long ago? Yeah, that, that was, was actually. So that was back in April. Yeah. And um, that was awesome. So that was the first ever event we've done, first event I've ever kind of run. Yeah. It was something I've wanted to do for ages. Yeah. COVID obviously put a bit of a stop to it. Before then, it was just how do you start yeah. uh, and one of my good contacts industry kind of really fueled me to, to crack on to yeah. do it yeah. and yeah it went really well you know I think over the course of the evening we had about 110 115 yeah. attend nice. um, amazing mix of people from the industry what, so what was it exactly was it uh, was it just a networking it was event purely event? just we, I don't want to kind of overcomplicate it with like yeah. a, a discussion or talk yeah. I, I don't know honestly if anyone was going to turn up yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just let's get people in a room yeah. let's get them you know a few drinks yeah. and see what happens and it went so well and awesome. fun, funnily enough um, I think yeah, two weeks ago I had lunch with someone that came to the networking event wasn't yeah. able to chat with him yeah. but we arranged a time to follow up nice. and he said he said Max like I've had three meetings this morning Ben Mines is like a month and a half onwards yeah. I had three meetings this morning all came from your event wow you know so the yeah, general nice. feedback from it everyone said it was you know, really good mix of people. Yeah. It was a mix of people they know, people they don't know, but like actual valuable connections. Yeah, yeah. Because you go to some events, and I love, I love going to networking events, and you go there and, you know, it's sometimes it's full of a bunch of random yeah. people that aren't really fit in the market. Yeah. Up. Well, I was going to say, you know, there's, there's, there's organisations out there that are running events weekly and, and don't even get these, these this kind of success rate. So how, how, how do you, you know, what, what do you think brought along the, the, the ability for, you know, our, our attendees to then, um, you know, for it, for it to then lead to, to meetings, business and so on and so forth, you know, what, what allowed us to do that? We spent, we spent a hell of a lot of time on the guest list, Yeah. you know, really kind of thought like, who are the right people to invite? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're blessed with quite a big sales force yeah. of recruiters here, and that's a big network to tap yeah. up. 
you know so we each kind of listed out who are our top people yeah. in the market you know who are the people making moves at the moment in the biotech space and were you thinking how could I connect with them with, with these people and, yeah we, we did a lot of connections like, on the yeah, night yeah. so prior to get really people involved because the thing is with a brand new networking event you're never going to be too sure like what's it going to be yeah, like yeah. you know if you're inviting someone thinking is this worth my time mm-hmm. especially now when there's so many events happening because we're back out of covid so it was kind of like right if you come I'll actually intro you to this person they're here yeah we did a lot of that beforehand so everyone was coming there with a bit of like a purpose of actually I'm going to get something from this yeah and then I just found word spread I even found on the afternoon of the event, I was having emails from people going, oh, can I bring this person? Yeah, can nice. I bring that person? And what was hilarious is, you know, the weeks afterwards, um, I had so many emails from people that didn't come on the night yeah. just because they couldn't make it, whatever reason, yeah, yeah. saying, oh, please let me know what the next one is. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah I heard it was great and I really want to miss out. So obviously, yeah. we're going to do the next one probably September time. Awesome. We don't want to make them too often. Yeah. You know, so I think September time will be the next one. Yeah. After some holidays, people are back at work. Yeah. And we'll start putting the net message, uh, the word out for that. Yeah. Probably next Are you month. able to share a teaser as to what it might be or what it might involve? Would I think it be very it, similar, do you think? It will be similar in the sense of the market. Yeah. I think the biotech market's got so much going on. Mm-hmm. It will be a mixture of venture capitals, founders, and kind of you know executives yeah. in the biotech space. Yeah. There'll be you know definitely new faces. Um, we've got a potential couple of collaborations we're going to do actually, which is exciting. Cool. So we've got a, a large uh, UK biotech kind of government body yeah. uh, that represents biotechs. We're looking at doing some partnership with them awesome. and also a really really cool and um, kind of consulting biotech firm in the kind of the VC and startup world yeah. that we're again potentially do some co-marketing with as well just to expand our networks yeah, yeah. we want to keep it fresh nice. um, and yeah potentially get a speaker this time around I think yeah. actually thinking like like a non-biotech speaker yeah. just have someone like just really interesting yeah. I think that could be quite cool I think it could just yeah. not well, always it being it yeah, yeah. Just, someone's interesting like, like a a mountaineer or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Have you seen that? Um, have you seen that? Uh, see, uh, that film, that docu series on on Netflix about that man- mountaineer that he um, did like um, fourteen all peaks. The, is it? Was it yeah, it's it was all, all the like eight thousand meter yeah. peaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. That's amazing. That guy. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, what, the guy like that. Yeah. He actually, he's actually based near where I live in Paul. Oh really? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go he, he's like a, he's a he's a. Oh, is it the Gurkhas? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he, he, he's based down by the Marine camp. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see if I can get him involved. Yeah, yeah, I know a guy that knows him, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, down, well, from, the be- down from the beach gym. Always thinking about the connections. Exactly, you see. What, what, do you think that that's been one of the main, you know, main um, uh, sort of qualities about yourself that has allowed you to progress through the ranks? You know, what, what, what do you think has been... The, um, the the key aspects within your your own person that's allowed you to grow within recruitment? Um, so I'd probably say the biggest thing that I try and tell myself to do is always kind of like say yes to an opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I think that from a networking perspective is really important. Mm. You know, I've never had it. There's some days, for example, I remember this a few years back when I used to go across to Slough a lot because there was a lot of pharma companies. Yeah. You know, and I've got nothing against Slough, but it's not the funnest place to go. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're, you know, based in Oxford Street, yeah, and you've got to go to for like one meeting yeah. all the way over in Slough, yeah. I mean, now I've got Elizabeth Line, but easier. Yeah. That <laughs> was a kind of like feeling of, oh, do I have to do this? Yeah. And I always used to say to myself, no, Max, just go do it. Yeah. And you'd go there, and you'd have an amazing meeting. You'd pull some business, build a relationship, and you'd come away being like, oh, I'm really pleased to do that. Yeah. So I always say to like guys like you know, interview or coming up through the ranks. I say you just have that phone call, jump on a conversation, yeah. pitch a meeting, go meet that person, go for lunch. Yeah. 
you know, because you always get something out of it. Yeah. You just always will. So yeah. the recruitment's all about network. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not fun when you're just going after the market and just knocking on cold doors. Yeah. People don't know you. It's fun when you've got people calling you up being like, someone recommended in your email in, in your inbox it comes in where it's like Max meet this person yeah you know, yeah, that's, that's right. a good feeling yeah that's exactly, a really good exactly. Feeling. so you know people are talking about the market yeah. you're the one that's recommended but you can only get that if you build relationships yeah. help people out and I think what's quite important to do as well which people in recruitment necessarily don't always think about is what can I do that maybe now is not going to make me money yeah. for example it's good before you take exactly yeah, yeah. like you know having just chilled out conversations with founders yeah just kind of like chewing the fat you know just like how's it going at the moment what you're struggling with you've got to bear in mind recruiters they speak to people every single day mm. you know in the market the challenges mm. they face the problems they have how they get over things yeah so i always say we've got this really nice kind of helicopter type view of the market you know for the last several years i've been able to talk to all these founders that have gone through problems or done things right yeah and now you know i'm sponge that yeah. and you can put it back out to the next founder that comes along yeah. so just having those informal chats making connections I'll always kind of like hook someone up with a venture capital contact nice. or you know another, another founder that might be interested to speak to them and again that comes back around because yeah. you help them out for six months before they raise they raise after that who are they going to go to Yeah. you know they're going to go to the person that's helped them out and knows their business already Yeah. That's and always really important for a yeah. to do. A lot you were saying at, uh, at the beginning is it's all about the long game, I think. Uh, uh, and you just never know when something will come come back to you, like you say. So it's, it's, an, interest, it's an interesting way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think that recruitment um, as a whole has given to, given to you in your career, and maybe on a personal level even? You know, what, what, what do you think you've, you've taken from a career in recruitment you know, over the past eight years? I think just being able to chat to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just chat to anyone and just, yeah. it, it gives you a nice life. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why people do recruitment. You know, it's a hard job. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, a big pull of it is the earnings perspective. I yeah. love working in the market. Yeah. You know, I was very, full, I was, it was complete luck that I was plopped on the life sciences market when I was first a rookie. Yeah. You know, I had no saying that I didn't say I want to work in the life sciences market. I could have worked yeah. on the public sector market. Yeah. You know? Um, but I do love the market. Yeah. But yeah, it just it just gives you a nice life. You know, you can get you can get a house. You can go to nice places. You yeah. can go on holidays. You know, you can. So it's just good. Yeah, yeah. You know, nice. How soon? How how soon was it that you uh, that you that you caught the bug for the market? Because I, I, if I was to look out in the office, I would I'd probably say that you're probably one of the most passionate people. <laughs> I, honestly, and no, I'm not I, a I really, voice. Yeah, well, yeah, well, no. It, you, 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 you do, you, you, you know, you, you just, uh, you know, um, you, you, you give out this energy that I think does spread across the sales floor, which is amazing. Oh, thank you. But, but, what, but what, what, you know, how, how, how quickly did you, do you think it um, took for you to really get that bump? I'd probably, I'd probably say, honestly, probably a couple of years. Yeah. Only because it's hard to get a bug about something you don't understand. Yeah. And there's so many aspects to the market and it takes you a long time to kind of really be like, not just kind of know what it is, but actually understand the mechanics of it. And the challenges and it's actually I find it more fun when I can help a founder kind of be like oh that role need to hire this is what you need to do with it or this yeah. is what I've seen in the past and you can only do that from a couple of years of research or understanding it's like going to uni yeah you know you need to know your topic um, and the more you research it the more passionate you, you know you get about it so um yeah I think a couple of years at the start I have no idea what you're doing yeah you know I, I, I knew paracetamol was a drug didn't know it came <laughs> from, you know so yeah it does take you a bit of time to kind of get to know it you know but the good thing is the passion for me comes from speaking to people in the market. Yeah. If you're speaking to founders, you're speaking to candidates, they're doing awesome things. Mm-hmm. 
that kind of like rubs off on you because they yeah. talk to you about these amazing scientific breakthroughs they're doing. Yeah. It's like mind blowing stuff that you just have no idea about, especially me. Yeah. I'm in no way a scientist. Yeah, you know? but it's actually having real life impact on 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 the on the, on the nation, the, the, the pub, you know, the public, isn't it? Absolutely. I've, I mean, that's I, I've seen. I remember there was a company. Uh, I worked with back in like 2017, I think. They're a US gene therapy company coming across to Europe, and essentially their gene therapy that they were launching was going to cure blindness in kids and a rare disease. Wow. And I put in the, the commercial launch team for them that launched yeah. it. Um, and that was like a nice indirect way of thinking those kids that were going to be blind for the rest of their life aren't now because yeah. they've got the gene therapy breakthrough treatment. Yeah. And the way they were able to access it was from the people that I placed. That in a way is a small link to be like, yeah, middle impact there. It's amazing, yeah. You know? So yeah, it really is. It's a good thing about going. Well, look, we're coming to the end of the podcast now. Um, final question from me if you had one piece of advice that you could give to somebody starting LSP or just a career within recruitment, what would that be? Uh, talk to everybody. Talk to everybody. Yeah, nice. it's got to be that. Just chat to everyone and then everything will follow. Nice, I yeah. like it. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much for Thanks being you. our first yeah, guest. Good to be here. <laughs> um, no, this, it's been really cool, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the, the following podcasts. Um, but look, I'm really excited to see where LSP goes over the next two years. It's, it's going to be really, really big exciting. Things. Yeah. yeah, big things. Nice, nice. cool.